0: These are a bunch of people who have way too much power, who are celebrated, who are made into this empire. And, you know, you kind of you kind of celebrate the little guy who's bringing them down by shoving in a bomb up somebody's ass because you can't pierce through their skin. <laughs>
1: to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name's JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner.
2: Better read than dead.
1: And our returning guest host, Casey Ridge.
0: Sorry for the swears.
1: (sighs) That'll always be funny to me. Um, if you haven't already, hit the follow or subscribe button, tell a friend to help us grow the podcast. Uh, today we are reviewing the first four episodes of the Amazon original TV series, The Boys, in preparation for season two coming out in the next couple of weeks. It was released in 2019. It stars Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Laz Alonzo, and Dominique McKelligot, along with a slew of others, but those are the main main people in this show. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, we've done it episode by episode before. I think this time we're just going to talk about the first four episodes, see where it goes, tell you whether we liked it or not. You can decide if you want to join up and watch or not. It's an entertaining show. So what well, So, what did you think? I, I remember, Matzik, so I watched this the instant it came out. Like, I I'd been following it. I'd heard about it. And I watched it not knowing anything about it and yeah. was completely in shock. But I remember when I got your text saying, and I brought it up. I I texted the group and said, hey, have any of you guys watched The Boys? And then nobody responded, so I left it alone. And then you, like, about a week later, were like, have you guys watched The Boys? <laughs> <So> <laughs> what, were, what were your first impressions of the show? Man?
2: So I'm just going to say, this was advertising at its finest, because honestly, it was word of mouth advertising through JJ, but it didn't click. And you know how they say you need to see something like seven times for it to let you have actionable, like, buy said thing. I kept seeing, I mean, Amazon has put a lot of money in preparing for season two and just kept popping up and popping up. I didn't remember that JJ reached out to me, to us about it. But then I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to take a chance because I like to watching new things turned it on and i'm trying to think of a better first episode of any season that i've ever seen for for a tv show the first what is it the first five or six minutes the shock factor of shockwave right i think that's his name just running through the main characters um, robin a train -train, that's what it is a train i was gonna say is
0: it shockwave of a transformer
2: yeah (laughs) it's
1: but Shockwave is also the guy he, the A-Train. Yeah, raced. that he runs against, oh. right? Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but the the first, I mean, talk about a wow factor. When that happened, you weren't expecting that at all. Like, I didn't know what the boys was. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be like kind of a, a Marvel feel where we're putting superheroes in a good light. But clearly, right after that happened, I was like, mm, this is going to be different. And I love the start of that show. And that's when I texted JJ because I was just blown away. Yeah. What about you, Casey? What were your first thoughts?
0: This is such a an awesome celebration of like sheer American violence. Where the most likable character in the entire damn thing is British. <laughs>
1: that's, that's fair. I don't know. I like Huey, but but Carl he's not Urban's more likable. Cool, that's true. What is his name? Butcher. Yeah, yeah. Butcher's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He's pretty. Yeah. Cool.
0: Or you got Frenchie, right? Well, the, saying- the two most likable people are not from the U.S., but this show could not have been born anywhere but the U.S., where we celebrate violence in such an awesome, fantastic way.
2: They don't shy away from that. I mean, the the CGI in some of these deaths are pretty dang spectacular. Basically, sometimes I literally ask myself, is that much blood going to come out of a superhero like Translucent when he's blown up from the inside or when A-Train runs through Robin. I don't know, but it looked pretty amazing.
1: My favorite part of that, because I've seen it now like four or five times where A-Train runs through Robin. The craziest part of that is the jawbone that's like spinning a circle <laughs> in slow-mo. And then her spine is kind of broken in half and falling away down below the jawbone. It just intrigues me to see these little bits and pieces of her that
2: you're just like, damn, the amount how you, of force- how do you make that assignment with the FX team? You're like, uh, we need <laughs> someone to come up with this destiny. I Everyone's mean, like, Yes, please. <laughs> well,
1: and like you said, you mentioned, you know, later on, I think in the third episode when they blow up translucent, like that explosion was the exact inverse of Robin's. So Robins is full slow-mo. You can see the blood, like the first thing you see is the little specks of blood hit Huey in the face, and then it all kind of falls down. Whereas with Translucent, it's just all done in like a millisecond. And all you see is just the Jackson Pollock on the wall and on Huey after it's done. It's just crazy. When you compare the two scenes of two people exploding, how different they were. And yet thoroughly gory as hell. Crazy stuff. Yeah, the visuals are amazing in this show. But I was blown away. Like I said, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what it was. I just said, okay, I I like new TV shows. I'll see what's up. And like you said, Matt, so five minutes in, I was like, in shock like i had to like pause it and go did i just watch that shit like did somebody really just run through this girl and then just keep running like it's <laughs> sorry i can't stop and then just runs away and she's holding her arms that was the other thing that got me was when he starts screaming robin you look down and he's still holding her arms i was like oh my good grief what am i watching here it was amazing so those are first initial responses and thoughts it was crazy so, what did you guys think overall of the first four episodes?
2: I'm going to use the word captivated. I think I watched the first four in... I mean, I probably would have watched this on one day if it was possible, but I do have to work for a living. Uh, so, I think I watched the first three in the day one and then quickly watched the fourth through like six. But uh, the reason... I think I was just so intrigued. Is this, this isn't what I was expecting? My to me, I've ta- I've talked to you about this, JJ. The title was misleading, so I had no idea what I was getting into. But then, once I was introduced to this awesome superhero world in corporatized America and the corruption that these superheroes had in in their own lives and the manipulation of this corporation, because for us, all we've experienced of late is Marvel, which is very like happy go lucky, fun superhero. Never focus on oh, we just dropped a city from the sky; everyone died. They don't even. Just never even comes up, and to me, this is just so different. And that's what I I kept coming back for. That I was to me, seeing what maybe actual superheroes would be in real life, because in real life with people, there's varying degrees of good and bad people. And why would superheroes be any different? Why are they always going to be just the best of the best? And then there's like the one Stark villain, and that's what I really enjoyed about the first four episodes. Is because as I'm sure we'll talk with some plot points. It was just—it was real to me, even though they could fly and had translucent skin and a bunch of other things.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And they all seem to be inv- invincible from the outside. It's crazy.
0: Um. So the first time that we watched this, I did binge watch the entire season all the way through, and I think I—I I legit think it was one day I just sat down and I was completely engrossed, and I laughed, and I was super uncomfortable, and I—I really didn't think about much aside from just enjoying this ridiculously funny show. And it's funny because it's like a celebration of the worst of humanity all in one fucking place. It's fantastic. But the second time I watched it, like I found myself drawing the parallels between and strip away the, I mean, strip away the superpowers, strip away everything else. These are people that are celebrities and they're trying to continue and keep their celebrity and willing to do anything that they can and very corrupt things to be able to stay in the spotlight, to be able to continue with the lavish lifestyle and to be able to think they're above, you know, the the letter of the law and whatever else. And so you start to draw those parallels. And I think you can see, you know, the same pieces of humanity and parts of, of the nasty shit that's going on. And look at the world today, right? I don't want to make this all political. But you look at where we're at today. I mean, you can draw the same same conclusions when you're looking at these are a bunch of fucking people who have way too much power, who are celebrated, who are made into this empire. And, you know, you kind of you kind of celebrate the little guy who's bringing them down by shoving in a bomb up somebody's ass because you can't (laughs) pierce through their skin. I mean, there's my thoughts. I think it's I think there's some interesting parallels. If you're willing to look past just the sheer comedy and horror of it depending on your twisted mind.
1: <laughs> you know the first four episodes are interesting because you have to get into this place where you have to break down what like Mattson says what we have what we're used to as superheroes, right? Marvel, even DC which is a little darker. There's still these almost perfect beings of they're willing to be heroes at the detriment of their own lives and their own everything that goes into that whereas in this, it's the flip side where they you see that because of what they're doing, they become maybe worse than they were with the exception of a couple that are just bad to begin with. But like, for example, and you don't see the end of the arc until we talk about it in the second part of this podcast. But even with Starlight, when she starts out, she's that almost Marvel-esque hero. She. She's training all hard. You see that montage of her punching holes in the brick wall and lifting the car with her mom. And <laughs> she's all she's ever want to do is save the world. And she meant it. You know what I mean? And she's then like American's girl. Yeah, she it really is. She's just this dream hero. That's doing it for the sake of being a hero. And then she becomes part of the seven in episode at the end, near the end of episode one. And jo- joins the crew in episode two and you start to see that I mean they have handlers that start talking about we need to get your points up and your popularity it's literally like celebrities like Casey said so and then you watch her start to get disenfranchised with the point of what she's doing I mean and we won't gloss over I'm sure we'll talk about how disgusting it is right at the beginning but she goes through a lot of shit and realizes that these heroes that she's looked up to and wanted to be a part of aren't her and don't have the belief system even remotely that she did. And they're not heroes to be heroes. They're heroes to make money and to, you know, it's a job, it's a career, it's the celebrity of it. So it's a very interesting contrast to what we're used to.
0: She saw behind the curtain of Oz.
1: Yeah, very And
0: didn't like what she saw.
1: (laughs) How could she? First of all, the deep is like, okay.
0: It puts a whole (laughs) new meaning on deep throat. (laughs) Oh,
1: And she went there. I wasn't expecting that. That was well played. The first time I watched it, it made me so uncomfortable. You're watching this superhero show, and then she's raped. like, And not not intercourse rape, but she's raped. And I'm just like, this is... What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, it made me really uncomfortable.
2: But it's hard to say, but I feel like... It was just a more realistic depiction of, I think those things happen in society. And more often than not, unfortunately, the people in those situations of power, clearly we have many stories where they get their way and they get away with those things. And that's it just goes back to me why I like the show because they didn't shy away from really tough topics and they played it true to what usually happens in society with the superhero spin. But I think what happened to Starlight, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have been put in that very situation. Well, there's a whole movement
0: for it, That's what the hashtag yeah. MeToo movement is for. Exactly. This absolutely happens. Mm-hmm. And it happens in very similar circumstances.
1: Well, in Hollywood, right? Where they... Oh, yeah. Weinstein. Well, All these Hollywoods, you want a movie? You got to do X, Y, and Z. So for sure, it definitely happens, which is gross to think about when we watch it in a show. It, what's really sad is, and not, this isn't me, but I think you know, a lot of times people watch a show like this, and they see that in this show, and they're purely disgusted. And Mm-hmm. You know, it's gross and foul. But then they read the news of this actually happening happening in real life and people, but they don't take it as seriously, right? Well, and right. I
0: think that goes to what Matson was saying, right? You, This show does not shy away from very real topics. It's different reading in print that something happened to somebody who you don't know or have no feelings for. Mm-hmm. This show made you like Starlight. And then put her in a situation that did cause an extreme emotional reaction for something that we should be disgusted by. And they did it in such a way that you really leave. You don't know her. She's not a real character, but you leave going, I need to take a fucking shower after.
2: I want it, it. also made me want in this first episode working like recruiting and being connected to the HR department. sounds I was like, the HR department for Vought like just had no balls or just didn't exist. Cause they. I mean, I mean do they have an rampant. HR
0: department? <laughs> you got a superhero staring through a wall to watch some some lady breast pump and
2: Oh my goodness. <sighs>
0: some some naked ass dude sitting in the women's bathroom yeah, doing God knows what while the girls are doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, smiling.
1: Yeah, it was bad. The whole thing's and I think that's going back to we talked you mentioned Homelander looking in on on uh what's her face? God, I can't even think of her name. Elizabeth Shue is the actress. Anyway, on that character pumping. And it was really odd. Like When you go back to the first episode and you look at when Huey first meets with Butcher, when he first shows up and and they realize that there's a lot of shady things going on and Huey's talking to him and he asks Butcher point blank, what about Homelander? And even Butcher, who hates superheroes and wants to kill them, says, nah, he's a saint. We're never going to get anything on him. And it turns out he's like the worst of them all, which you don't see until the end of that first or second episode when he downs the the congressman's plane with all the kids and the aide in there. And that was crazy. But I found it very interesting to see how these people, especially Homelander, hid his sociopathic, horrific nature. Well, I think the company hid it.
0: Yeah, the company does, but so do the other superheroes. You look at Maeve. Maeve was disgusted by Homelander. In fact, he went to touch her at one point and she's pulling her hand back from him or you can see that she's just just squirreling inside the entire time. Mm -hmm. She was disgusted. But you have this trillion dollar industry that can't possibly have its reputation tarnished because their golden boy, who's running around with the American flag on his back, can't possibly be made out to be the shitty human being that he is. He
2: he let a whole plane fall to the ground because he was just too cavalier the way he dealt with the situation. He's like, oh, gotta go. (laughs) That
0: Well, and he was too lazy to do anything about it. Not only Uh. was he... Did he cause the plane to need to crash, but then he refused to help a single person. He could have flown them down to the ocean and dropped them in the ocean and then saved them from the ocean. He could have done a lot of different things and he chose not to because he didn't give a shit. He has a total lack of respect for human life, unless it's his.
2: Totally agree with you. And then he had the audacity to make that wonderful speech into the camera. And that's where, when you brought up Maeve, Casey, where she was just absolutely disgusted. She couldn't even look at him. And he's just making this heartfelt speech. And we, as the audience know, like, you two-faced son of a bitch. You just let the whole airplane die.
1: Well, and I think the worst part about that whole airplane thing is he literally says to Maeve, and to, and do, go back and forth 123 times. It's not that he couldn't do it. He's He, he was too lazy.
0: He to didn't want to.
1: He just didn't want to fly there and back 123 times
0: meanwhile he's saying it to a little girl who's holding an action hero or a hero action figure plush dollar whatever and then it's you don't i mean he wasn't even there was no conversation right it was just like don't let yourself go down with them you're above it too
1: well and then he flames at him like you lights like to and it threatens to burn him oh, And i'm like Oof. this guy's a piece of shit which you knew anyway but It really, like you said, and immediately after that, he follows up with that diatribe that Madsen's talking about where he's trying to use it as a pitch to get into the armed forces. And he seems all heartfelt and concerned and plays on the heartstrings of this tragedy that he could have either prevented or in a lot of ways, like Casey said, caused. Because of the way that he handled the situation. I
0: don't know how people fell for it for so long. I don't trust anybody who (laughs) comes across that sickeningly sweet. Nobody is that innocent.
1: But people want to believe in heroes. That's the crazy part. Like, I think if that were to happen today, you'd have people. They could do anything they want.
2: But we... Like, we have a good example of someone like that. take, it's, oh, clearly he's not a superhero, but like Lance Armstrong, for instance, he, with what he did and winning so many Tour de France's starting to live strong, but then the allegations of him cheating, the evidence kept piling and piling. And I was one of those people, I didn't want to believe it because I was like, look, he's doing so much good, like, who cares? Why do we got to tear him down? But then you saw the, you open the door and you saw the, the skeletons and, and demons behind there. And you're like, man, like, even the people, just as that is an example, even the someone I thought that could do no, wrong was doing quite a bit of misleading and doing a lot of wrong and, and then you're like what the f like why people
0: See, and i have a so- hard time with that like i have a, and i and i respect where you're coming from but i have a hard time choking that down because does does him doping do any less for what he was able to accomplish i mean have you ever on you know, a fucking bike ride for longer than 20 minutes because i have and it's a fucking <laughs> son of a bitch right so why does one bad decision right or poor a few, several poor decisions all of a sudden mean that the Livestrong Foundation does any less good Than what it does, because what it does is offer free solutions and free help Mm. to people who really need the information and may not find it any other way. But now we've we've tarnished it because Lance's reputation got tarnished. But it doesn't. One bad decision doesn't get rid of all of the good, and it's the same with the opposite, right? One good thing that this these superheroes did or that a normal person does doesn't erase all of the bad. At some point, you karma is going to even itself out, and should.
2: But I feel like, and to your point, I agree with everything you said, Casey. I feel like today's age, we be, we become a society where if you do something bad or even a hint of something bad, you, you're dead to us. And if you do something good, depending on how good it is, you become a saint to us. And we do kind of brush over a lot of those other circumstances. And it's, we're just such a, an opinionated culture at this point. And, and that's another reason I like this show is I, I really feel like they played on what was reality to me, that the world I'm living in now.
0: We're also at a point where we celebrate ignorance, right? Ignorance is a choice. You choose to believe something that you just happen to read on the internet because we all know what's on the internet is totally true, right? But do some research. Read a fucking book. I don't know. Pull out your math homework and realize that you, sometime you are going to need algebra again. Right. But we, we'll we allow our kids again. to be ignorant <laughs> and we allow whatever else, uh, says he who can't do math.
1: Which is why I said I'll never need it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you live. With somebody I, I don't who have to does. do
1: algebra again. I can't do it. I, there's no need for it when I know I can't do it.
0: But we are a, we are a society that got farther and farther away from celebrating intelligence and knowledge and having this thirst for knowledge. That now you're just like, oh, somebody said it, so it must be true, right? Tomatoes are fruit because somebody told me so. It's not necessarily yes. We're all opinionated, but we're also a lot dumber than we used to be because we've let ourselves get lazy and ignorant.
2: Well, I think to further that point, what this show does a good job, of, it shows the power of putting a spin on things. Uh, or like take Starlight's instance where she saved that girl from getting raped in the corporation Vought was pissed, did well the VP that we know, was was ticked and but then she started to get a lot of praise publicly from it and they totally did a 180 pivot. But ironically enough they had her wear a more revealing costume, which was tough for her. But they took what was perceived as weakness and turned it into a win. But then the other side of that is all these individuals that have been harmed through various soups. And when they've been saving people, the corporation just pays them off. And the other way they get beyond that is just the sheer amount of marketing that they have, these people doing goodwill for these charities and all these other things. And I think it comes back to the real world where if you're in our face enough and you tell us that you're doing enough good, then as Casey pointed out, we just tend to believe you instead of looking behind the curtain to see, well, is there more to this story than actually I know about?
0: Well, and you know what I appreciated? I appreciate that they didn't just make men the villain to Starlight, right? Because the Vought executive is just as much of a villain to say like, yeah, you can be a superhero, but you're going to have to you're going to have to wear that. You're going to have to have your tits out and your ass out. And you're going to have to feel okay with that, even when she's saying, no, I'm not going to wear that. I'm not okay. So I appreciate that they didn't shy away and didn't just say like, this is a man woman problem. This is a position of power pushing your influence on somebody that is in a less of a position of power. And I think these guys did a phenomenal job of turning it and making sure that everybody is kind of a bad guy and everybody is kind of a good guy, but you really, really cheer for the what you would consider bad guys in society, right? You look at Butcher, who should be considered <laughs> a bad guy, or Frenchie, right? Who's who's this explosives, what creator, right? Yeah. And He's sitting there fig- trying to figure out how to blow up somebody with impenetrable skin, and you in in today's society, they would be the what drolls of society?
1: Yeah, they certainly would be people that we want to put away, <laughs> and not, yet not celebrate
0: every time Butcher says the word cunt. I secretly. <laughs> laughed and cheered because did you notice he only said it about the superheroes Mm -hmm. he didn't say it about anybody else he only said it in the right term and as a derogatory term and it like oh i love butcher yeah
1: but it's, you know, it's interesting that you say that because Huey, Huey starts as this innocent character, and I think his progression is the most interesting thing about this show for me. The rest is all about – because I think it's real to me, right? And it goes back. We've all been saying that it, there's a lot of realism in this, but I think you see this kind of thing. You have this innocent human being that they're just living their life. They've got their girlfriend. They're on a walk. They're debating whether – Laying pipe or laying cable cable was
0: the right cable. Come on, JJ. Do you want to come back to my house and lay some cable?
1: (laughs) I don't think that means what
0: (laughs) she doesn't. He say it means taking a shit in the apartment.
1: Like if we go back and I lay cable, it's I'm taking a shit. (laughs) So, but and he's walking down the street and he's talking about Billy Joel and and making these jokes, and then something horrific happens, and now this downward spiral of how far will I let myself go to feel better about what happened to me, right? To the point that he let. Translucent walk away, and then Translucent said something shitty, and all of a sudden... I'm done. I'm gonna blow up a human being.
0: Well, and can we talk for a second about the power of the the music and the sound that they use? Because PTSD is a for real absolute thing. And you can watch Huey go from being kind of happy go lucky, and in the split second, he all of a sudden has PTSD. And then they use this one type of sound every time. What you see is this cool, calm exterior, which I am not I do not identify with Huey at all because <laughs> I am like a one to a hundred in the span. Of of a second and a half but here you have this guy who is boiling and just seeing red and this giant cloud of red and meanwhile and you can hear it all in the sound but he's keeping like this calm cool composure until he just fucking flips and it wasn't into and he looked and all you see is like this keep your hands clean poster (laughs) before right before he blows up translucent anyway I just think that the sound and every time he went through this like PTSD kind of thing where everything slowed down as he was listening to whatever was going on and dealing with his emotions, Mm -hmm. but... For the most part, he did that, and it, he did it several times up until translucent was condescending and said something yeah. shitty. Well,
1: then it happens. You're right; it happens again every time he sees a train or hears someone say a train. It goes into like that muffled noise in the background, and then the heartbeats there. There's like an, a high. It almost ringing sounds in
0: your like ears. wartime sounds. Kind of,
1: yeah. So, it, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It is. It's pretty, pretty intense, and you can see his thing. And I love how it. I don't know if you noticed, but since you brought it up, it made me think about the longer he's in getting his. Hands dirty, the less noisy it is. Yep. So he's getting to where he's able to deal with that and he's just embracing it as opposed to trying to fight it. Cause to me, that's what, yeah, that signals the dissonance of this man that's a good person trying to stay a good person versus doing what Frenchie and Mother's Milk and Butcher have all been trying to get him to do. And that is to lean into the revenge piece and, do what he has to do and pay that price. But the more he does it, the less of that happens or it gets quieter, easier for him to deal with. Yeah.
0: And you know what I thought too was, I I found it interesting that it's his dad and whoever else said like, that's just not the person you are, right? You're not a fighter. You're always you've always been one to just gloss over it until finally he's like, no, you know what I am. And so you live your life being told you're not a fighter. You're not this, you're not that you you're not the person that's going to stand up to stuff. And then once he does, he it's almost like he finds out that that's truly who he was. Once Mm -hmm. he allowed himself to not live up to somebody else's expectations. And then I start, you see him get more and more comfortable and him being able to deal with that kind of stuff more easily and get out of the PTSD sounds faster. So it's pretty incredible to watch his journey.
2: I remember that scene. him talking to his dad. He mentions, he's like, I'm not seven anymore. I don't like pizza rolls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then he leaves and he just looks back and is like, sorry.
1: Well, he just thrashes. Well, and then there's, yeah, he just finished thrashing his room. He walks out and then there's Frenchie who I told Casey, I didn't realize it until this is my (laughs) third time watching this, this season and Frenchie is my favorite character in this whole show because I love that everything that every point he makes is done with a story that really has no conclusion. <laughs>
0: yeah, He wa- he walks out of the apartment and Frenchie's like, my dad, my dad was bipolar. Yeah. It didn't end. And until like, he did. Uh, I can't remember what the dad did to him.
1: Well, he, he said, I, my dad
0: woke me up choking. Like woke, I woke up with my dad choking me or something like that, or smothering remember. me with a pillow or some sort of really fucked up shit.
1: Shit was funny. And then he just walks away. Like, I get it. And then walks away and all you can do is follow him. And then when he's talking to the female in that electronics store, he starts telling her about his dad too. And was like, my mom, I loved my mom. She was a beautiful woman. And then she, my, they got divorced. My dad took me. And then he shows the burn scars of where his dad would put out the cigars on his leg. And then, It just, he always has a story. It's like the one where he's talking about killing. When Huey's asking him, what's it like to kill someone? Do you remember that? And he tells the story about this beautiful woman. You're like, where the hell is he going with this?
0: And then he's like, she was the first person I ever killed.
1: Yeah. So I I love... Frenchie so much he's so funny just the way he tells stories and then watching the turtle the way he got the <laughs> the, the inspiration to put the bomb yeah he's watching Chans like the discovery
0: ass. channel with the turtle yeah, and then the he... turtle
1: just keeps going back in and out and he's like they're talking about how it's the shells so
0: and then he has and, an epiphany
2: i love Frenchie. how did they get the explosion inside of Translucid sh- again though because they I shove it up his ass oh that's right they yeah, they shot
0: they shock him, they shot him. I mean, all you have to do is put some stuff on him, right? Because it's, okay, so it's kind of like the fight that Book but- Butcher got in with Translucent and he spits he blood. spits blood at him to figure out where he is. I mean, it's just mm. like that. You cover him with something and you can figure out where, yeah. where stuff is.
1: Well, and there, there's always feel. It's like you got this dude shocked. You reach the, oh, there's his ass crack. I guess I know where this is going, right? So, I mean, it's... You can feel for that kind of shit. And if you got rubber gloves on like Frenchie did, hey, you do what you got to do, right? But I do love that switch, too. Like how Translucent was always like, you're so fucked, I'm going to kill you. And if I don't, Homelander's going to find you. I'm one of the seven. Then all of a sudden, there's a bomb in his ass. And
2: now he's like, don't kill me. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, now all of a sudden, he realizes he's not indestructible.
2: A question about the superheroes. Are they all because I know when they were when Mave and Homelander were on the plane, he says basically to the extent of you better come with me or else you're gonna die with them. Cause it seems like a lot of these superheroes almost come off as indestructible themselves, but are they are they not? That's something I, I did struggle with a little bit to it seems like some are more powerful than others, but do some of them die like normal people or does it take more than that?
1: So something that Frenchie says the cause when Huey and Frenchie are having their conversation and Frenchie He tells him, you know, he's asking him, how do you kill a superhero or whatever? And he goes, each one has their is unique and they all have their weaknesses. Now, I don't think we know outside of Translucent and we find out later on in the season a little bit more about Deeps, but... Outside of translucent, I don't think we ever hear what any other weaknesses are, but I'm assuming that based on that conversation that each one has the ability to die, it just may be very different.
0: Well, look at Maeve, right? I mean, Homelander was threatening to let Maeve go down and die with them because she she can't fly. So she would die in a plane crash, but she can take bullets to the
1: chest. from point blank that's where i
2: was like so coming dropping from the sky would kill you but you can take like 50 cow bullets to the chest and And maybe
0: it's that she would be so heavy she would go to the ocean floor and drown yeah right who knows
1: yeah there's obviously there's something there that would and maybe it's just the the sheer volume of the impact
0: or the explosion maybe it doesn't stop her from being blown up
1: but i wondered that same thing too like what is each one's weakness
2: We haven't talked a lot about the girl that they found in that compound. Oh, yeah, Um, female. But Frenchie's kind of new connection with her, and that happens right before then they they cut the to Homelander giving that speech about, yeah, that plane.
1: Yeah, the female's crazy, especially when you, you connect it to the fact that all of these superheroes are juiced up on this Compound V, whether they're taking it or not. And I'm jumping ahead a little, but you find out later that that's what created it. None of them are born. But Compound V is crazy.
0: Oh yeah. I mean it it turns a a what a B-list superhero and she gets so high that all of a sudden she can lift a shit ton of of weight and her landlord shows up to her door and <laughs> she she sits on his face to get him to toss her salad and then she ends up squishing his, his okay. Oof. Now, what orgasm is that strong that you're going to like squeeze your thighs together so hard and push your ass down so hard that you squish somebody's skull? Yeah, but
1: you got to remember everything. Because I
0: would like to get in on that.
1: (laughs) Everything's exponentially stronger, though. Not necessarily the orgasm, but her reaction to it. Now, if it was a good orgasm and someone a normal human being squeezing the head and sitting down it's not gonna crush a skull might smother a dude or a lady but you're not gonna crush a skull but a superhero she obviously has a lot of power
2: she was squatting like 12 plates on each side i mean yeah she was i was like whoa if she could do that what can like homelander do or someone else yeah no kidding so
1: i mean yes it was a little silly but damn what a crazy way to die again it goes back to the show like They do not shy away from anything bonkers.
0: And you know what's funny? Like, okay. So I don't love... What's the main nerdy guy? Huey. Huey. I don't love Huey. He annoys me because he's a whiny little bitch. And (laughs) I don't love whiny little bitches. But I do adore Huey for the fact that like, so Huey finds himself all of a sudden in in this group of men who are all trying to take down the soups, right? And they're trying to break into this apartment. And here you have Butcher who's coming up with some elaborate pran- plan <laughs> yes. to how they get some sort of video footage going on. And they're, they're getting ready to act. And then here comes Huey. And he's like, uh excuse me excuse me sirs (laughs) it can actually be easier and then all of a sudden he's like yeah i just need to hack into whatever and all of them stop look at him and here's these old school never would have thought about the tech guys that are like you can do that
1: (laughs) it's true i do love that he almost had a meltdown about a train when he sees that he's in the house setting up the bug and all of a sudden her background is her and a train making her like hugging or whatever and he like goes into the ptsd mode and and uh milk is like dude
0: yeah we gotta you, go we gotta go and then they're walking <laughs> out and he runs into a train yeah, that's true and he, he's waiting for a train to recognize him and then he just keeps getting closer to his face like and then what does he say like really
1: yeah, you don't
2: recognize me?
0: And the dude's so oblivious that he just doesn't give a shit.
2: I meet a lot of people. The other thing I like about the show is I really like The Butcher because he has a lot of good one-liners from what I remember as well. like One of my members, he says something to the extent of like definitely not the Spice Girls or something. I think when he's talking about the female that they find, that one made me laugh a lot.
0: Yeah, because they're he's telling them that them as a group are like the Spice Girls. To, yeah. to calm down an argument between two guys, it's like, nope, we're like the Spice Girls. Are you scary? Are you big? baby, are you posh? Right. And then that's his explanation for why they can't have this girl and need to kill this extra, the girl that Frenchie finds is because she's not a spice girl.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But just funny. And I love Carl Urban. I think he's one of the most underrated actors out there. He's done a lot of B list shit. He's not done a lot of huge, like big parts that are lauded at all, but everything he's in, I just enjoy. So I, I think they picked
2: perfectly for him. So.
0: Have we talked much about, like, Starlight? Any of that? I mean, we kind of... So, we kind of just walked past the entire... Well, I think
2: there's a ton... I think there's gonna be a lot in 4 through 8 that we touch upon with her. Mm -hmm. At least, when I'm thinking, because a lot happens then.
1: You do see her, like, start to get her strength in certain ways like she confronts the deep on that mission that they force her onto with him and he threat- she threatens him after she's done her research and realizes that you're, you're barely in this team.
0: Yeah, she calls him out for being a douchebag.
1: And that if he ever touches her, she'll blind him and something else. She says, it was pretty violent I was like, good for you.
0: And I like that I like that, okay, so Huey was forced to go on a date with her. Oh, that's right. right? And that's they went right. to this bowling alley because <laughs> they found each other as friends in the park sitting next to each other in a bench before where he knew who she was. And so she he's forced to go on this date with her for a recon. And you find that she is probably the one decent person in, in this entire... So far, I would say, I would argue in the entire show. So yeah. she's a pretty decent person. She didn't get kissed until she went to prom. And she's on this date with this guy and she's... And they're bowling and she's intentionally bowling poorly so that she doesn't make him feel bad or hurt his masculinity and so here you have this genuinely caring person who doesn't give a shit about the celebrity she just wants a bigger platform to help more people and with more money at her disposal to be able to do that and so I think it, it really puts a face on you know there even in this with the scum of the scum there, there really are good things to be found and I think she is kind of that hopeful light that the show has and yeah. she's probably one of the only ones that you can see that it's 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 almost like a little kid right it's, it's have you ever looked at a little kid at christmas time and it's just sheer magic i mean it <laughs> snows and it twinkles and and they're so excitable and that's kind of what she is she's like she's like the one sparkle in in this whole huge dreary dark and twisted world
1: i like too when you talk about the bowling the fact that huey gave her permission to just be her
0: and called her out yeah it's so, like dude i know you're holding back don't i'm not is it emasculated by yeah. this like i would feel worse if you kept holding back
1: and she launches
2: down and explodes the pants oh
0: yeah <laughs> and then turns around all proud of herself
2: uh, so he's like that's a strike you bring up a, a good point case because it makes me think about growing up and something i still say like oh oh she wears the pants in the relationship and and that's what i thought about with huey in, in that regard where you know it, it it takes someone being really comfortable with themselves to say, it, I, it doesn't matter with my significant other if they make the decisions, they're more successful, or if it happens to be a man and their counterpart is making more of those decisions, as long as they're cohesive and happy. Does it really matter? And does it matter what other people think? And that's what that kind of dialogue made me think about because I've been one of those people that would have, what would I have done in Huey's situation? Would I have been like, oh no, she's, she's too, she's a superhero. She's too cool for me. She's stronger than me. Like, I would hope that d- doesn't matter to me, but certainly it does matter to some people. And it's sad.
0: Well, and not only did he not shy away from it, he, he took on and protected her, right? So he, he turned off the recording equipment when he was on her, on his day or when they were talking about how they met or whatever it was, because he was fighting for this person who Huey is probably the best judge of character out of all of them. And so he he's like, no, you guys aren't going to mess with her. She is a good person. And he, he started to bring that up to the group of guys. And I don't think we've seen that kind of go into fruition yet. But I appreciated that he was willing to say like, yeah, she's so cool. And she's cool enough that she's worth what might become a fight with this group of people I've now become part of.
1: Yeah. But doesn't he actually bug her phone in the end? Like, doesn't she say something and I forget what she says, at the bowling alley, but, and it triggers him. Because of or maybe it was something that he was watching
2: something and it, he automatically lumped her in. Yeah, you're right. I don't remember what the trigger was, but he does ultimately put it. On I think her. it's yeah.
0: a I think it's a means to an end, though, because they were talking about how she was how she was a Christian and how she was going to that festival and she was going to be there with Homelander. And so I don't think that that bugging her phone was about her. I think it was about the fact that they were going to be at this place where Homelander was. Well,
1: no, sure. I think it, his whole thing is about all of the super superheroes and it was something i think it might have been something on the tv that triggered him when she went to the bathroom something triggered him because he wasn't going to do it and then all of a sudden he got triggered and he ended up bugging her phone And Mm -hmm. i don't think it was ever necessarily about her i think it was just he decided that based on the overall group he was going to do that so but you know it continues to show that conflict that he was having so all right well i'm excited to watch five through eight again or five through nine there are nine in the um
2: um i'm I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked.
1: All right. Matt, why don't you tell them where they can find us?
2: Yeah, you, so you can find us wherever podcasts are found. You can find this on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, you can find us on all major social media channels. If you're looking us up where you'd like to listen, just search for What's Our Verdict TV. Otherwise, come interact with us on on YouTube, on our social media channels, and we're excited to release our next week's uh, 5 through 8 as well. So give it us a listen.
1: Thanks, Manson. Casey, thanks for joining us.
0: Of course. Yeah, thanks Casey. for having me. Yeah.
2: Appreciate your perspective. Yeah, she...
0: i was a little more serious this time not so funny i lost my funny
2: that's all right it's a deep thinker show i think next week will be a little bit more funny and also dark yeah because it's gonna get dark next week with homelander because i didn't talk about any of that but i cannot wait for that part yeah it's gonna be fun
1: yeah that whole homelander butcher thing gets interesting all right well great it does okay friends that's the verdict we'll uh we'll catch you on the next one
2: bye